Welcome to the Waiting Warriors podcast. I'm Michelle Bowler. I'm an army wife of over eight years, a mom of four little girls, and a huge believer that being a supportive military or first responder loved one is way easier when you connect with the community. In addition to sharing some of my own insights and journey, I have set out to interview Waiting Warriors around the world so we can all learn together from their triumphs and their struggles. Together, we can do so much more than just survive. We can thrive. And that is what being a waiting warrior is all about. Guys, episode 100 of the podcast is almost here, and I am giddy excited. For the past few months, I have had this idea that I wanted episode 100 to be extra special. And nothing felt more special to me than to include all of you guys. So what I would love is for those of you who are willing to submit your answers to three questions. That way we can all participate together and learn from each other and just really grow together as a waiting warrior tribe. So if you are willing to participate, you can either answer your questions on a video, preferably horizontal, or if you're just comfortable with audio, that is totally fine. I would love if you sent a picture too, but if not, whatever variety you are comfortable with, um, just make sure the audio is as clear as possible that you don't have things going on in, in the background. So maybe wait for the kids to go to sleep or something. Um, and then email them to Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E at thewaitingwarriors.com. And then in the subject line, if you just put 100th episode, we'll be looking for those. And then here are the three questions that I would love to hear your answers to. Uh, what do you wish waiting warriors would say to each other more often? Two, what do you do to get out of a funk or the survival mode? And then three, I feel like you maybe saw this one coming, but it's what is your key to thriving? So again, horizontal video or um, audio, try to keep your answers concise um, so we can get as many people in on the episode as possible. But I am so excited. We're going to have this open from March 1st to March 25th. And I cannot wait to hear what you guys say. Hey, Waiting Warriors out there. Welcome to another week on the Waiting Warriors podcast. I'm really excited for this week because we are kicking off our PCS prep month. And I brought the queen if you <laughs> like in really into the military spouse world and you've I don't know if you've googled or something if you've sought for answers I'm pretty sure you have like seen Megan somewhere doing something so I'm really excited to have you on the show welcome Megan no thank you for having me so fun to be here of course so real fast before I introduce Megan today's sponsor is Freedom Found Co. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see they have these super cute beanie hats. And then it's like this leather. Embossed isn't the right word. What do they do to leather? Burn it? Uh, right? Printed? Because it's like deep. You know? Embossed might be it. Stamp it? Stamp they it? Stamp up, they stamp leather? Whatever that cool thing is that they do to leather that looks really good, that's <laughs> what they've done. 
Um, I'll probably show it on Instagram, but it says All American Girl. They have a few different mm -hmm. options. And I was just telling Megan how they're make, keeping my ears warm. So I'm really glad that I'm wearing it because my ears started feeling cold. Anyways, super excited. Go check them out. They are a military spouse veteran company. So we love to do shout outs for them. Now, back to PCS world. Megan is the queen. Like I said, she's an army veteran herself. She is a PCS wow. reform advocate, a freelancer, mom of three, and a military spouse. So you're not busy at all. You're not. No, busy. not at all. So much free time. Yeah. You just <laughs> lounge around. And then yeah. your lounging time, you advocate for PCS reforms and make the world a much better place for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> so PCSing, people say it and it's like, I don't know, it's either you say it and you think of your friend and you're like, oh, my friend's PCSing, so she's freaking out or, okay, our PCS season's coming up. So then we start freaking out. But how do we like calm, I, I want us to like talk about how we can calm and conquer our PCS fears because everybody seems to have them. Like, it's just like, mm -hmm. that's how it has to be. Do you feel like that has to be like, you're the, if you feel like it has to be that way, then, you know. Yeah. I mean, when we think of PCSing, you know, it's a stressful time. It's not just, you know, we think of it as relocating our household goods and moving from one house to a new house, but it's so much more than that. You know, if we have children, it's finding a new school district. It's finding a new neighborhood, a new community, seeing what services that we're losing from our current location that we, you know, our services we're gaining at our gaining location, you know, mm -hmm. so it's, it's starting your whole life over essentially every couple of years when you PCS and it's so stressful. And I think we've gotten into this mindset that PCSing is supposed to be stressful. It's yeah. supposed to be this horrible experience. We're supposed to have all of our stuff show up broken and damaged, <laughs> and, and and it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, yeah. You know, there's there's ways to kind of prevent that from happening. There's ways to kind of, you know, negate some of those those stresses that we experience. You know, so I don't, I think we need to get out of this mindset and out of this habit of we're PCSing and it's just going to be horrible for the next four weeks and then we'll be okay. It, yeah. it doesn't have to be be that way. So what do you think, because I know, you, like, you've talked to so many people, you've done mm -hmm. so many PCSs, you're very involved in the PCS world. What do you think are the things that people get so worried and stressed about? I think a lot of it, um, when we think of our, of our household goods and moving, you know, we operate on such a tight timeline because we like to schedule things very close together. We don't like having waiting rooms. So we like, you know, Monday through Wednesday, we're getting packed. Thursday, they're getting loaded. Friday, we're on the road to our new location so we can sign in on Monday. So we like to, you know, um, plan things with a very tight timeline. So I think part of our stresses kind of come from that, that, you know, we have this tight timeline we have to operate on, you know, and then our household goods, are they going to show up broken and damaged? Are they going to show up intact? Um, you know, are we going to have issues with, you know, the crews in our home on either end, you know, going through the claims process? Um, you know, I think those are just some of the, the, the big things that, that we focus on and that can be such big stresses for families. Yeah. So how do we, how do we not stress about that? Because like, those are 
they're big deals. Like we don't want to be living out of our, Mm -hmm. we don't want to be living out of our weekend bag. You know what I mean? Like we want our stuff. We want to be settled. No. So a a big piece for for what I tell people, you know, to not be stressed about um, is it goes into a lot of planning for your PCS, a lot of organizing, a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, I like to call it getting it down to a science with how things are going to be done. I know exactly what's going to be going into my car. I know exactly how it fits into my car. Um, you know, so I know, you know, as life seasons change, if we need to add something or take something out, I know that space that's available to take something else with us. I'm a big fan of prepacking. So mm-hmm. I will prepack my home as much as I can to make it as easy as possible for the crews when they come in and pack and make it easy also when we go to unpack. So, you know, an example of prepacking is I use Ziploc bags and like a lot of my office stuff will go into Ziploc bags. So I'm not fishing out paper clips that were dumped into the bottom of boxes or pens or pencils and pushing through paper for things, you know, it's all in a Ziploc bag, Um, you know, so just different things like that. And then another big one is just being, educated on what the regulations are. Yes, I know that they some, you know, they, they do change every year as new initiatives are added, um, as the climate of PCSing changes and everything. But, the, you know, move.mil has all the information. So when you go to PCS, just taking a moment, taking an hour, a little bit of time here and there, and just going and scrolling through and seeing what's changed since your last PCS, and knowing, you know, what they should and should not be doing now and being able to hold your crews accountable to that, mm-hmm. uh, I think goes a big way into not having such a stressful situation because you know then what they should be doing, what they should not be doing, and you know where to go to look for the regulation, you know, be able to show them like, hey, that actually is not right. This is what you should do instead. Yeah. What was that website again? You said move. It's move.mil. So you go to set up your move. Um, you go to DPS, you access it through there. It's all the information regarding PCSing that you would need. Okay. And if somebody's like brand new. Yes. What's D? I DP. Know, DP. I don't want to get on it. I don't. Defense personal property system. So there's really two P's in there. Yeah. Defense personal property system, but it's called DPS. It's where you go, you log in. Um, Usually your service member has to log in or create an account under your service member's um, name in an email, Um, but it's where you go in and you go to set up your move. So like once you have your hard orders in hand, you go there, you tell the military how you're moving, whether you want them to hire movers or whether you want to do it yourself and you just kind of follow the prompts and put where you're moving to and from so they can get a company assigned to you. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So we talked about like the, or you mentioned, we didn't talk (laughs) about the like entitlements and stuff, what's supposed to happen. So with the entitlements, like what Mm -hmm. you are entitled to, like there's D-A-D- D-L-A. I don't even know what the actual acronyms are. I just know it comes. Like, you get paid to move. They, you know, it's not like you're paying it out of pocket. How do you keep all that straight? Because I feel like, at least on the websites where I read it, like, it just seems confusing. And because certain things are kind of for the same thing, how, how do you keep all that straight? Or could you just explain it all? Yeah. Let me just explain to you what you get. Um, 
Just lay it, lay it out for us. So the first things that you get is per diem that are for uh, per diems for your travel days that you use. So if you're authorized 10 travel days from point A to B, but you only use five, you're only gonna get paid five. If you're authorized 10 and you use 12 days because you took some time in there to go see a national park or something, I'm sorry, two days are gonna be out of your pocket. You're only gonna get paid for 10. Um, so it's your authorized travel days and that per diem will cover your meals, lodging and gas for those travel days. Now you do get per diem per person, um, so there's a formula that's used, I believe, right now, um, and it varies a little bit by like if you're O-CONUS or CONUS, but generally I think the CONUS rate is like $151 um, a day for the service member, and then like your spouse um, or any dependent that's 12 and older gets 75% of that rate, and then any children uh, below 12 is 50% of that rate, and that's per yeah. authorized travel day that you utilize. Um, you can also use TLE which is your travel uh, lodging entitlement. So that is 10 days on either end of your uh, PCS stateside. If you go OCONUS, it's TLA, and depending on where you're going, what that housing situation is, you can be authorized up to 60 days for that. But stateside, it's 10 days um, combined on either end. And for those, you do have to keep receipts for because you're paid off of what you use, your travel days, um, you don't have to keep receipts for unless you want to, you know, to see if you have any additional expenses that aren't reimbursed, you can utilize on your taxes. Um, but TLE, you have to keep receipts to turn in because you are paid on that. Now, the deal with TLE, there's a few rules with it. Um, the first one is that if government lodging is available and you choose not to use it, then you're only going to be reimbursed up to the government rate. Okay. If government lodging is not available, then you can basically go stay anywhere but you will need that statement of non-availability from them. So that way they can, you can be able to show like it wasn't you know, available and we did have to pay this additional amount um, for your hotel that night. It's not um, like we just went and stayed at the Ritz because we wanted, we had to. Right, I mean, like if I was ever going to PCS to McDill, I mean like shucks, Disney's right there. Like I would love to go stay at a Disney resort for part of my TLE and let the army reimburse it. But I know like that will probably never happen. Um, but yeah, so make sure you follow those rules so you can be reimbursed for that. Yeah. And then um, there's DLA, dislocation allowance. And this is a payment um, that's supposed to help cover like your other non-reimbursable expenses. So like if you need, to uh, put down like a housing deposit, um, you know, you can use that money for that. If you need to do uh, like move out cleaning fees, you can use that money for that. Um, if you decide, you know, like RTLE, you know, there's government lodging available, but they don't have a suite. And my family of five, we really want to have a suite. You can use, you know, or you need 15 days of lodging mm -hmm. um, instead of the 10, you can use that DLA to kind of help offset those additional costs. So it's um, basically, for, they call it any non-reimbursable expense, um, but it's basically a flat rate amount that's uh, with or without dependent rate per your service member's rank is kind of how that's determined. Okay. So if you use it, awesome. But if not, then you just kind of pocket it type of a thing. Pretty much, yeah. So That's cool. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what always is like, I don't know why the stuff that like we read with all the different explanations, I don't know, maybe we're just getting it from a bad place, but it seems like, oh, well, those are really similar things. And maybe we just don't spend money yeah. in the same ways everybody else does. So it's, 
I think I think it's just helpful to hear, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And people always ask about, you know, do I need to save receipts for this and save receipts for that? I mean, TLE, you do have to per diem. You don't DLA. You don't. But I always say, you know, if you're concerned or you're not sure, save the receipt. Yeah. You know, when you go to turn in your paperwork, your travel voucher, you know, they'll ask, you know, do you have a receipt for this? And you can pull it out. Um, you can also save them, like I said, use them at tax time because it can help lower um, your taxable amount and everything with if you have expenses that weren't reimbursed, you know, so it's never a bad idea to not save them. Um, yeah. I usually have an envelope. I, I shove all of our receipts in and I sort through them later. So, yeah. yeah. So how... How do you organize? Because you said like being organized is the way um, you you keep yourself from getting stre not stressed, not getting stressed. That would be the worst. This would be the worst podcast ever. <laughs> Here's how to be stressed. <laughs> All right. Everybody needs it, especially especially like service member families. You just need a little more stress. Right. How how do you organize? How do you create that science like is it just it comes with time or are there things that a first timer or a second timer can do to you know skip skip all the like learning from my own mistakes type of yeah so for me the, the step one to organizing is i have a pcs binder mm -hmm. um and if you ask in the groups you'll hear people talk about them mm -hmm. um there'll be templates for them you can get anywhere um but basically this binder just keeps kind of life organized. So I have, I think not eight or nine different tabs in mine and they range anywhere from like having my husband's orders and copies of his leave form um, because at some point he's going to need copies of those. And so mm -hmm. I like knowing if his accidentally get lost, I've got spares on hand. Mm -hmm. um, I've got tabs in there for like our children's school records, for medical records. We have some animals. So I got a tab for our vet records. I've got a tab in there for what I call our life documents. So like our um, birth certificates, marriage certificates, social security cards, um, shot records, just those types of life document sort of things. And I also have a tab in there where I keep anything that's moved um, related for like our inventory that we get from the moving company. Like I will keep those in a tab inside the binder, um, anybody's business card that I get, like our QA inspector or um, anybody from the company that comes out, like I put their business card in there just so that way, you know, when we go to unpack and unload, I've got all that moving information right there. Um, should yeah. something happen, I've got their business card I can pull out. Um, when I think back about our first couple of PCSs, I I don't really think I had a good system. I had like a two pocket folder and I had like some random things, paper clips and like my <laughs> husband was doing different things and I didn't know what to do with it. And I would just stick yeah. it in the two pocket folder as a just in case. Mm -hmm. um, so my binder kind of evolved over time out of necessity as a need to, you know, as we added pets, as we added children, um, as a need to just kind of keep things more organized and more together and, you know, when we go to register our kids at school, that binder comes with me because there's something in there I'm going to need, whether it's mm -hmm. my husband's orders to show like, you know, we are new and I don't have a utility bill to show you because we just moved in, but yeah. here's a copy of our lease, you know, that shows our address and that we are in your district. Um, you know, so that's just having a binder where you can have all of that stuff together I think just makes a big difference in staying organized and being ready for your move 
Um, I know some people use like a zipper trapper keeper type of deal. Um, other folks. Trapper what? You know, like those old trapper keepers from like the 90s that had like the little Velcro flappy thingy. Oh, like, and then it's like, like the coupon book type of the thing with all the. Yeah, like the accordion file. It's like some folks use those types of things. So it's basically whatever your PCS binder mm-hmm. system is that works for you. I just suggest having one. Um, yeah. And like those are everywhere. Yes. It's like that when you first move in, you needed to get a house. All mm-hmm. like all those documents you needed to get a house and then to register for school. And then if you have in the army, they call it like CYS, like the child you yep. is. Mm-hmm. If you want any like anything with that, yeah, what else? like li- literally to do anything on post except for go get groceries. Yep, you like and then like just re-register everything. Yeah, and we have to like you know sign up your utilities and turn things yeah. on, turn things off, you know, and like yes, I am a new customer. We just moved in. No, I don't have a history with you, you know. So like yes, I have to pay the deposit, but yes, I can show you that this is my house that I am living in now, and I can show you, you know, here's my husband's orders that we just moved here two days ago. Can you mm-hmm. please turn the water on now? <laughs> uh, you know, so just, little shower, please. Yes, and so just having, like I said, just having a place where you have all of that organized just goes a long way mm-hmm. for your sanity um, when yeah. you have to pull those things out. Um, you know, the big one for me is that that little spot that has our inventory forms, um, just because at delivery day, I like to go off and check off the numbers as everybody should, so you can be able to identify anything that may be missing. Um, you know, okay. I'm not, yeah. How, what does that like look like for you? Like, are you at the door because, and like checking off the boxes as they come in, or are you walking after they've set things down? Like, I don't know why I've heard like so many different things and I just, what's like the best way? The So the best thing is to do as it comes off the truck before it goes into your home. Okay. Um, depending on how your house is set up, it may look different for you with how, you know, where your garage is located at, your front door, whatever access points they're using. Um, you'll see some things that are sometimes referred to as the bingo sheet, which is basically a paper that has like numbers one to 500 on it. Um, you know, and so like, as they come off, like they say, you know, box 72 and you find 72 and you check it off. Other people lay out their inventory form. So you can see just the number piece and they'll go down and check off, you know, box 72 as they call it out. But I always suggest uh, marking it off, whichever format you use. Um, I've had times where I just had a piece of notebook paper and I just wrote down numbers. And then like every so often I'd say, hey, take a break for a moment. And I'd go through my inventory forms then and, you know, cross those numbers off as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, But whatever method you use, you need to check them off before they come into your home. Um, And everything. And it's designed, you know, so that way you can determine if you are missing something and what it is that you are missing. Um, You know, we hear times, you know, like this was packed in this box and things that are packed in boxes, you know, it's okay. You know, you can claim those uh, later on your claim, but if it has its own inventory number, it has to be identified the day of delivery that it was missing, Um, which is why it's so important to check your inventory off. Um, I know some people don't do it and then they're, you know, trying to find boxes later and they're just like, you know, I don't know what's going on. Some people I hear, you know, they were just taking stuff into every corner of the room. I don't know what was going on. 
That's where you just ask them that, you know, like, hey, I need you to stop for a minute. I have to check off the inventory numbers. Let me go verify what you've already brought in. And then go stand by the truck, stand by the door, stand wherever it is you can be where they can tell you what the number is before it goes through the door into your home. Okay. So it's okay to be like a little bit bossy. Yes. Like, yes. I feel like. Yes. And I, I like, I feel that way, right? Like I can be really bossy sometimes, but when I'm working with other people, they are a moving company. They know what they want to do. Plus like they don't want to be doing this forever. And I understand that, but it's like, we need, we need to remember that we don't have to people please in this moment. Mm -hmm. They're a lot of money to do this and you don't want to get screwed over. Like, right. This is your stuff. This is you know, your life, it's okay for them to walk a little slower and you check off the boxes. Yes. While you're doing that, do you make note of any damage or something or do you do that later? No, I do that at the same time too. So I always have a piece of paper with me or, you know, a notebook with me. So um, any like furniture that comes off, like if it's noticeable damage, I just make a note of the inventory number, the item and what the damage is. So, you know, item 72, queen headboard, you know, chip left leg, um, you know, because those things like the the big noticeable damage, no I mean, you'll be able to know if your kitchen table comes off the truck cracked in half, um, <laughs> you know, so those are the things that, you know, at the end of the day, you're given what's called the um, notice of, of loss or damage at delivery form. And so any of that big noticeable damage, anything that is missing that you didn't check off needs to be written on that form before they leave, mm -hmm. uh, you know, which is why it's so important to check off your inventory numbers. And I've even had times where I've been like, hey, I have five boxes here I haven't checked off. You know, this is what they're labeled as. This is where they should be at. And I've gone through the house with the crew to find those boxes and we were able to account for them. Um, and they just, mm -hmm. you know, for whatever reason, I didn't hear it or they got missed being called off as they came into the house. But mm -hmm. I mean, they don't want to be liable paying for a whole missing box. Um, right. you know, so they will go through and hope you find it. Um, you know, and I would say, you know, I, I'm not going to sign off on this unless I know it's accounted for, unless I know for sure it's missing. Right. Uh, you know, so if you ask them a lot of times, they're more than happy to go through and check all the numbers and help you find it. Right. And then the stuff in the boxes, we don't have to open all that up right away, right? Like there is time. Yeah, you do get time. So the only things that have to be opened up on delivery are your high value items. Okay. Um, because on that form that you sign at delivery day, it says, you know, everything was arrived and was accounted for and is in good shape, um, you know, and that you won't file a claim for it later. So your high value items do need to be opened up. They do need to be checked before you sign those forms. Most companies I know have no problem, you know, waiting a moment for you to open up those items. I have a lot of high value items. I got a lot of China and crystal and Polish pottery, and it takes a minute to unwrap all of that with all the paper uh -huh. and everything. And, you know, sometimes they'll come in and they'll hop out, which I don't mind. It makes the process <laughs> go faster. Um, you know, I'm just like, we're just going to set this all on the dining room table. You know, sometimes I'll open up the hatch and, sit and stick some small pieces in there to get them off the table. Um, but high values got to be opened up. But anything else, you've got 180 days from that delivery day for you to unpack, unbox, check, verify everything, um, you know, to do your claim. So it's not like it all has to be done on delivery day. Awesome.
and that like takes away yes and it it also just helps I don't know about everybody else but like for me it helps to hear how other people do it and then just kind of visualize it's like okay Mm -hmm. it's not just this like oh make sure you do this it's like okay I can see how I'm gonna do this and yes it might take time you know whether they're gonna be bothered or not I Megan and I are giving you permission to slow down just be in charge of it and it all happens as smoothly as possible there will probably be some pcs's that aren't super smooth but that's okay yeah handle those absolutely um what what are like some of the not craziest i don't know what the right words what are your what's your best pcs story oh oh goodness um so this one, it was, I'll say it's our move from, uh, we were at Camp Atterbury, Indiana. So we were assigned to a National Guard post for a couple of years, and we were going to Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. Um, and anybody that's been to Kansas, that's been to Leavenworth, knows how much of a beast Leavenworth can be. Because um, I know with COVID, they've kind of changed the structure a little bit. But when we went there, you know, for CGSC, for the um, major schoolhouse, um, Basically, within a four-week period, you have 1,200 families moving out and 1,200 families moving in because of of the schoolhouse. Um, So it's a little bit crazy there within that four-week period. There's a very few local uh, service providers that service Leavenworth. Um, The big push is always to get people out before people come in. Mm -hmm. So coming in, you have the ability, you know, that you're you're probably going to wait a couple weeks for your household goods. just because all those trucks are trying to get stuff out so that way homes are available for incoming families um, to be able to have their stuff delivered to we were fortunate enough that we had a house secured before we arrived we lived off post which is probably one of the reasons why Um, and so we had our setup as a door-to-door move Um, you know and from camp atterbury to leavenworth you could do the drive in a day um, which is why we had it set up as a door-to-door. We knew when we were getting our keys. Um, the first issue that happened was uh, our staff was scheduled to arrive to our new home um, at 11 o'clock on Friday. We were receiving the keys to our home at 10 o'clock on Friday. Um, you know, and so our truck arrived uh, late Friday or Thursday night. Um, so instead of the crew hanging around like they were supposed to do, leaving our stuff on this truck like they were supposed to do for the door-to-door because it was scheduled to be delivered the next day, the crew decided they didn't want to stick around. So they cross-loaded our stuff from their truck into another truck, um, which is where I think a lot of our issues kind of happened. So that was the first big, like, why is there this new truck showing up? This truck wasn't at our house in Indiana yesterday. Yeah. Um, The second thing that happened was that in Indiana, they had packed a bottle of coconut oil. Um, so the, the lid was also not securely shut on the coconut oil. And this was like a giant bottle from like Sam's Club. Right. Not like um, a little one, but like a Sam's one. Yeah. So it's like this huge, like gallon size jar of coconut oil. Um, the lid wasn't screwed on tight. Uh, probably when I put it back in my pantry, I didn't screw it on all the way because I used yeah. it frequently, you know. Yeah. Um, well, it melted. And so it melted all over the side of this box because when they cross-loaded stuff, they probably just tossed it and whatever happened, you know? 
Well, they set this box leaking coconut oil on the end of um, my love seat, which was stood upright in the truck. So now they're pulling my love seat off of the truck and they set it down on the driveway. And like a gallon of liquefied coconut oil is pouring out of my love seat now uh, from this box that they packed that they that they yeah packed and so now the guy's like following the love seat off the truck with this box like soaked in coconut oil like thankfully the only thing else that was in that box was like vinegar and oil and other canned goods that probably shouldn't have been packed but I was just like like what am I supposed to do with my love seat like it's filled with coconut oil um so that was the second issue the third issue was my son's mattress came off the bed soaking wet um it was in a plastic bag um, so I'm not sure why it was wet or how it got wet, but when they took the plastic off, like the guy's like, Hey, this is wet. And I was like, what do you mean? It's wet. Like it wasn't packed wet and sure yeah. enough, it was wet. Um, you know, and, and it was the last thing to come off the truck. So we're at the end of a very long day. My family has a lot of stuff. So it's at the end of a very long, yeah. hot Kansas day at the end of May, early, I don't know what it was end of May. Yeah. Sometime end of May. Um, hot day, we're all tired. And I was just kind of done. And I was just like, you know, talking to my husband in the garage. I was just like, what is our son going to sleep on tonight? Um, you know, and so the driver there is taking a mattress, a furniture pad off of a dresser that they had uh, stopped in the garage so they could unwrap it before carrying it into the house. And he goes to hand me one of the furniture pads and it's like, well, he could sleep on this. And I just looked at him, I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding? And I looked at my husband and I was just like, are you, is he kidding us? Like, we're going to make our son sleep on that. I was like, can, I'm like the driver's standing right here and my husband's right here. And I just look at my head. I'm like, can you handle this right here? Like, it will not be good if I do it. And I just walked away. Um, you know, we were able to get things taken care of the next day. We, you know, we had a call from the company. You know, filed the mattress, you know, with an essential claim, got overnighted a check to get our son a new mattress. But at the end of a long, hot day, like, that's one of the last things you want to have to try to figure out, you know, it's like, where are your children going to be sleeping at? Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that was probably one of our craziest, worst, not as pleasant experiences that we've had. one of the better stories it makes a good it makes for a good story yes (laughs) and that's what I always say like everything makes like you may hate this experience that you're going through now with whatever is happening with your PCS Mm -hmm. you know but it's gonna make for a great story later like you have to give it a year or two till you can laugh at it again but (laughs) you're gonna be one of those one of those spouses around the coffee table at somebody's house with newer spouses and you're just gonna be like let me tell you this one time when we moved and they're just going to be like, I can't believe that happens. Like, how did you not kill somebody? And, you know, but. And it's like, how did they unwrap from plastic a mattress that was wet? Like, I, I love those ones where it's like, I don't understand how that happened. It was a mystery of life. Just one of those oddball things. I don't, I mean, yeah. Yeah, and I don't want to make up stories for white either because that, like, yeah, it's that's just weird. But yeah, so you kind you kind of gave us some stuff, but is there anything else you would say that we 
need to do that we can do to really calm and conquer our PCS fears? Um, the biggest one I always tell people, and I think I mentioned it before, is about just knowing the regulations and being educated on what the process is, what your rights as a customer are, what you know the companies should and should not be doing, um, knowing who you can call if you need help with something, if you have an issue, knowing that there are folks you can call. You don't have to stand out on your lawn arguing with this driver, arguing with a mover. <laughs> like There are people you can call that can step in and, and help you, and just knowing that those people are there and knowing how to contact them. I think will go a long way um, into ensuring like, you know, not being as stressful because like, oh, here's an issue and, you know, I need you to stop while we figure out what to do here. Let me call somebody, mm -hmm. uh, you know, instead of just letting stuff happen. Yeah. Um, and accepting like, oh, well, I guess this is how <clears throat> it's going to be. Yeah. And again, are all like all those regulations, all those numbers, that's all on move.com or mill.move.mill move, move mill, yeah move mill. so the only ones that won't be on there are the ones that are specific to your company um right. so like your tsp your transportation service provider that's the company that got assigned your shipment um they're the ones that are coordinating and hiring the local company to pack you and the local company to deliver you you'll be assigned a move coordinator that comes out of your tsp um Usually when you get assigned them, they email you and they call you, you know, to check in, to verify mm -hmm. addresses, dates and stuff. So that person should be the first person you call if you have issues, um, you know, so when they call you, double check what their phone number is, double check what their email is, um, you know, even go as far and say, hey, if we have an issue and you happen to not be in the office for, you know, whatever reason, like who else can I call? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if there's an issue, usually they have like a manager on duty type of person you could reach out to. Um, but all the other ones, your QA inspector, um, the uh, your what's called GIPSO, PIPSO, your which are basically your regional shipping offices. So they're like the next higher, the next level higher than your local transportation office in the military. Mm -hmm. And then the Transcom hotline number that can all be found on move.mil. Go to the customer service tab, input your zip code, and it will pull up all the contact information you need. Awesome. Which just like, it just like makes you feel better, especially since like, I feel like a lot of things, at least in the army, I can't speak for all branches, but at least in the army, it's like, I have to wait for somebody at my husband's unit to tell my husband and then my husband can tell me. And luckily, I have a husband that's actually really good at the telephone game and like can relay yeah. that information. But I've heard stories of a lot, like a lot of my spouse friends who just like did somewhere in that communication, like they did not understand things did not click. They did not make sense. Yeah. And so they feel clueless. And I love that there's a place that we can go where we can just like read it. However many times we need to yes. we can see the process through move.mil and like, just let it make sense because it's not like we're going into the office and getting yeah. a conversation ourselves. <laughs> Yes. No, there's totally a place for you to go. Um, you know, and that's one of the discussions like we've had, you know, with, with the military and everything is just information doesn't get disseminated all the way to spouses who are usually the ones that are in charge or the ones coordinating or handling the moves because our spouses like to be deployed when it's time to PCS. Our spouses like to be in the field when it's time to PCS. Mm -hmm. 
they like to work until the last day when we PCS. Um, yeah. You know, so knowing there's a place to get that information and we can read it and know is definitely a huge thing for us. Yeah. Last, my, my favorite questions. I know it's not as PCSE, but may, maybe yours is. What is your key to thriving that you want to share with your fellow waiting warriors? So I, oh gosh, this is such a good question. Um, so I like to really get involved with wherever we're at. Um, I know some places it's, it's easier said than done at our current location. Um, because we're considered a remote location, it's kind of, I don't have the normal military community, so I don't have the normal things I would be involved in. Um, you know, but I always tell people, you know, try to get involved with something. You don't have to be the person that does everything. Um, some of us thrive when we're the person doing everything, but I think it's important to get involved into something. So you've got something to do, something to look forward to, especially when our spouses are in the field or deployed. Um, you know, you're not just sitting at home all day watching, you know, the office marathon on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for the fifth time, um, eating the Girl Scout cookies that just got delivered. Um, I mean, sometimes we need that. But I think it's important to have something that gets you out of the house, that gets you involved and keeps on moving. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and so I think just being able to lean into your community, being able to make those connections and being involved um, you know, as part of that, and I think can go a long way to helping you really thrive at where you're at. And so with that, you know, a lot of people, I mean, I can sometimes be very introverted, especially at new locations. I know a lot of people can be like that. Um, you know, so I always tell them one of my biggest things is that when you meet somebody and they say, hey, let's, you know, get together next week for coffee or let's, you know, go out to lunch and talk more. Say yes to it. Don't be afraid to say yes to, to that lunch date and that coffee date because some of my best friends have come from saying yes, you know, to getting together with, you know, to have coffee with them next week, um, yeah. you know, getting to talk with them more. Like some of my best, best friends I still talk to, like, no matter where we're at, no matter whatever time zone, we can text at 3 a.m. and know it's okay. Um, you know, come from saying yes to those little, those little offers and invites. And so I always say, you know, don't be afraid to say yes, you know go experience it, see what it's like. It's the same thing with the SFRG. I know it sometimes gets a bad rap, um, you know, that it's just the gossip center or whatever. Not all of them are like that. They've come a long way than where they used to be. They are so much more beneficial now. But I know there are still spouses that don't want to be involved. And so I always say, when you show up at a new unit, go to one. So you can say, yes, you went. Yes, you tried it. And yes, it's not the thing for you. Um, you know, but I always say, you know, accept those invites, try it once. So that way you can say, yes, I attempted. Yes, I did it. Um, yes, I went to coffee with that person and she's just opposite of me. We don't click, you know, but it's fine. Yeah. you know, yes, I went to lunch with this person and she's amazing. And she's like my, my, my best friend and the perfect person I need here. And, you know, so I would say, say yes to those things. Don't be afraid of it and just, you know, get involved with something. Yeah. Love it. So if somebody wants to say thank you or they want to learn more because you are the, what's the best way for people to get in contact with you and connect um so there's two ways the first one is i have a page on facebook it's called pcs like a pro um and there's a group that's associated with that so anything that's new on a transcom um new that happens regulations change 
tips, tricks of how to organize, how to prepack, how to do everything. You can find it there at PCS Like a Pro. I am also admin of the group that many folks may have heard of called Lost During My PCS. <laughs> um, this group was originally created several years ago as a way for folks to find their lost things. Sometimes, yeah. you know, like my stuff that got shifted from one truck to another, sometimes in storage, a box just gets put with the wrong shipment. So this group was originally created. So like if you lost, you know, your jet skis or whatever, you can post, to try to find it. If, you know, this random lamp showed up in your shipment, you could post it, try to find the owner, whatever it could be. Um, but it has since really evolved into being more of a uh, well-rounded PCS resource for folks. Um, you know, so you'll find people in there just asking your general PCS questions that, you know, we all want to know about, um, you know, how to handle a claim, how to handle whatever it could be, um, you know, as well as finding things that are missing from your shipment. So that's the group uh, lost during my PCS that's also on Facebook. Awesome. And we'll put those in show notes. If you're watching on YouTube, I'll just put them right here in the caption. Um, so it's just a click away. Thank you, Megan, so much. I feel more, more at peace. Funny news. We actually just found out today we were supposed to move in, what was it? July. So mm -hmm. we're, we're like, we were starting, I got my PCS binder together and all that kind of stuff. And then we just found out that now we're not moving until December. Mm -hmm. So welcome to the PCS world, guys. <laughs> that can, that <laughs> Luckily, I have heard of people that happening like a month or closer before they were supposed to move. So luckily, mm -hmm. we have plenty of time and we didn't yeah. plan too much. But I really appreciate it because I'm already thinking all these things. So Thank you so much for answering so many questions that we have. And guys, if you need either of those groups, go check them out. And remember, just because it's hard doesn't mean it has to be miserable. Thanks again, Megan. Thanks for having me. There are so many things in the military community that differentiate us. Rank, branch, duty station, but along with our deep love of country, there's one thing that unites all of us, PCS. That's right, the permanent change of station, AKA moving. For so many of us, PCSing might be a four letter word, but here at PCS Grades, we're taking the stress out of PCS. Whether you're a veteran who is just separating, newly enlisted, a military spouse on your 15th move or on your first, single or married with kids, PCS Grades is helping military and veteran families find their way home. Here's how it works. Let's take Katie. Katie is a military spouse who loves living at her current duty station and has finally figured out which light switch controls which lamp. And then Katie's husband comes home with flowers. Never a good sign. They're moving. Sure, military life can be a great adventure, sending you to places all across the world but the logistics of a PCS can be overwhelming. Setting up the move, finding a new house in the right neighborhood, finding new schools, churches, friends, stores, even a new hairdresser. There's just so much to do. Katie logs on to PCS Grades, a free resource for the military community designed to solve the biggest must solve problems. Should they live on or off base? Which neighborhood? Who are the top notch real estate agents? Who are the best mortgage lenders? Which school should they send their kids to? 
What movers should they use? The best part? Katie trusts this information because it comes from people just like her. Reviews are written by veteran and military families who have lived it so that other families can get the real scoop on everything you need to know about your new area. The secret sauce of PCS grades is that the information is provided for the military community by the military community. Moving doesn't have to be a four-letter word. Through PCS grades, let your fellow military and veteran families help you find your way home.